TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. And now, you're listening to TalkLine with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. Welcome back to the program. I'm Zev Brenner. Very pleased that we have with us once again our hard-working borough president of Brooklyn, Eric Adams. He's running for mayor here in New York City, so... Eric, good to have you back again. Thank you so much. It's great to be on the line with you guys. Many years of speaking with you. We've been talking from midnight and all different hours, so glad to have you back again. And I might want to thank Nasha Shapiro for facilitating and Rabbi Abe Friedman over the years. I think you go back with Rabbi Abe Friedman in your office at least 10 or 15 years, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, so true, so true. <laughs> so I know you have a good staff. I, speaking of your staff, I just heard a news report that one of your staffers was knifed. Yeah, it was a volunteer, a very active volunteer, a young man that has had some run-ins with the law. Uh, but since 2017, he had his life, he was putting it on the right track, and he was inspired by the campaign and came out and just volunteered on a regular uh, to really push the message out. And, you know, I'm always trying to help young people turn their lives around. And this is what we were trying to do with this young man. He was a volunteer. He wasn't on payroll. He was a volunteer that was just really uh, passionate about uh, this campaign. We hope he recovers. And, and, we, and we, we, we know that's, it's, we don't know who's, who's behind it. We don't know if it's a rival campaign or just something else that happened. Yeah, we're, we're unsure of the what's the real story behind the assault on him, uh, but it's clear uh, that someone was the aggressor. He was not an aggressor at all to this, and so the police is doing a thorough investigation, and I'm sure we'll find out more. Okay, I'm sure we'll be on top of the situation. And I also saw that you're offering a $2,000 reward, the papers, the headline in the yeah, papers today. Yeah, the, the $2,000 reward is not connected to the stabbing. It's connected to the incident where the two young children were on their way to the store. They got caught up in the crossfire of a gang member appearing to try to assassinate another person. And he they looked like the individual either tripped over the children or tried to use them as a shield. But in any case, the shooter continued to shoot and tried to kill a person. And we're just really lucky that the children are still alive. Well, well, well thank, thank God for that. So hopefully that the, the, that the children are alive. We're seeing crime in the city. We'll get to touch crime in just a few moments. How's the campaign coming along? It's only literally such a short amount of time to primary day. How's it coming along? Extremely busy. Uh, you can only imagine uh, moving to the end of a campaign. We see it as that it's imperative to use these next two days to get our message out to voters. We're excited about what we're seeing, the good energy out there, and we're going to spend the next two days of really energizing the voters. But it's very busy from sunup to sundown. But we're looking forward to a victory and becoming the next mayor of the city. Now, today, it seems like a thankless job to be in public service, to be in elected office. So tell us about yourself. What made you decide that you want to commit your career 
to being in the public limelight and being in public service? You know, Zev, it's a number of things, uh, but probably at the heart of it is that this city has betrayed New Yorkers for so long. Uh, taxpayers are doing their job. Government has not done its job. I went through the public school system, Zev, uh, not understanding why I could not learn, why I could not comprehend information. Uh, I was bullied and teased as a child. I was, people said I was lazy. And it wasn't until I finally, finally finished high school and while enrolled in college in a remedial course, I heard a documentary that another student was watching on learning disability, and I learned that I had a learning disability. And I was able to get assistance and teach myself to overcome that disability and went from being a D student to a student on the dean's list throughout much of my college year. And that taught me that I was lucky. How many families of all of our communities, uh, particularly even when you look at the Jewish community, they have fights to get services for their children who are dyslexic or have a learning disability. And I believe we have to stop betraying New Yorkers because if we don't educate, we incarcerate, and we prevent people from having a true, rich life. And so I don't think our city should be lucky to get housing, lucky uh, to uh, not be the victim of a crime, or lucky, lucky to live in the right zip code for health care, or lucky to be a child and get the resources. I want a city not about luck, but about opportunity, and I'm committed to doing that. In your opinion, what, what's the biggest challenge that we're facing as New Yorkers right now? Is it crime, crime, crime? Without a doubt, the governor said it right. It's crime, crime, crime. And it's crime and the lack of public safety is connected to our prosperity. Uh, the prerequisite to prosperity is public safety. And if you can't uh, get to your place of employment safely on a train, no one is going to want to come back to the city. Our high-income earners, uh, they pay 60 they pay 51% of our taxes, and they are only 65,000 New Yorkers. Uh, they don't want to come to the city because they want to leave the city, actually, because of crime. Uh, tourists, multi-billion dollar industry. Uh, people are not going to stay here if we continue to have this crime problem. You can't have a three-year-old child shot in Times Square and expect people to stay inside this visit the city. So... We have to get crime under control, and if we don't, uh, it's going to impact our recovery. Absolutely. We're suffering from COVID, and COVID led the people to leave New York, and you add crime on top of that, and you have, especially in Manhattan, you have a mass exodus of people. Yes, slowly people are coming back, but a lot of people have left, Derek. So how do we get them back? How do we save businesses that went out during this time period as well, during the COVID crisis? Well said, Zeb, and when you add uh, the fleeing and leaving of people, then you, you, also, you also see uh, that you are, you are dealing with a large number of people who are the victims of these hate crimes, hate crimes among Jewish New Yorkers, hate crimes among our Asian New Yorkers, the anti-Semitism. You know, if, when I saw the video with Joseph being assaulted and beaten uh, in Times Square, 
I immediately called his dad and I spoke with his dad. And you would think other candidates would have reached out to his father, but they didn't. Uh, I, I know about how important it is to deal with the hate crime. Because remember, our largest tourist comes from China. They're not coming to the city if they're being assaulted, if they're being uh, treated with the way we're seeing with this hate crime. So it's imperative that we stay focused on dealing with this crime and keeping businesses here. And then when you look at businesses, Zev, this city is too expensive, too bureaucratic, too difficult to do business in. As the mayor, I'm going to show how we can easily navigate our agencies by changing the incentive of our agencies so that we could encourage business and not destroy businesses. That's how important we need to have more small businesses at the back, especially in, in Jewish communities, Eric. You know, places like Borough Park, Crown Heights, Williamsburg, Far Rockaway. You have a lot of small business owners, a lot of small businesses which serve the community, and some of them were devastated during COVID. How do we get them back on their feet? Well, by there's several things we can do. Number one, uh, we need to make sure the uh, Federal stimulus dollars come directly to the small businesses on the ground. The first rounds of the stimulus, we did not come to everyday small businesses. A second, we have to stop being abusive to our small businesses. Countless number of fines, countless numbers, number of, of people come in with everything that prevents the business from opening. opening. And... I am going to use my Chamber of Commerce to do the backroom work for our small businesses so that they can focus on running their small business, not the administrative and the compliance part of a business. And then we need to use our procurement dollars. We spend about $22.5 billion a year on procurement for goods and services. I'm going to spend those dollars in our city. Right now, Zev, a lot of those dollars go outside our city we use something called, called, called lowest cost instead of best value. If you purchase goods and services from the city, we're hiring here and we're recycling our tax dollars, and we're going to start using that firepower locally. So important. Now, you mentioned a few minutes ago, Eric, hate crimes. Of course, anti-Semitism, which you spoke about, has been... Unfortunately, a growth industry in New York. We've seen a lot of things shrink, but hatred and anti-Semitism has grown. And one of the things that I found is that there are, unfortunately, quite a few Jewish individuals that were attacked that are afraid to come forward. I put on a young lady who was pelted by eggs last Saturday in New York. She called the police, and because she didn't follow a medical report, they wouldn't take down the information, and she was pelted because she was Jewish, Orthodox, with a whole group of friends. Because of our broadcast, we got the police to intervene here. But how do we get this more into the public, into the public, into the police, etc., that if a Jewish person is, is attacked, even if there's no medical report, it has to be investigated because people are afraid to come forth. I know cases people are afraid. And that is unacceptable. That is unacceptable. People, it is it is hard enough for people to deal with the hate crime, for people to be afraid to come forward and report it. And that is unacceptable. Uh, a police department under Eric Adams, we're going to make sure we honestly uh, take the hate crime so that we can ensure that people feel, number one, comfortable enough to report it, and number two, 
we can aggressively go after the individuals who are carrying out these crimes. Because if we allow people who commit hate crimes to continue, then it's only going to allow them to stay on the streets and carry out their acts. Certainly. We need to be more vigilant about it, and I agree with you. Now, the Jewish community represents about 20, 25 percent of the voting block here in New York. I know you've reached out to the Jewish community. Um, in fact, we had on last night Rabbi Milton Balkany. He was on the radio, and he enthusiastically endorsed uh, your candidacy. I understand you go back with him many, many years. You've been in his home uh, quite a few times, and I'm sure you're very gratified with his important endorsement of your mayoral campaign. Yeah, we, we are really pleased with my longstanding relationship with the Jewish community, and it's a it is a very rich relationship. We were extremely pleased to be endorsed by the Crown Heights leadership of the Flatbush of FJCC Flatbush Jewish Community Council, of even the Jewish community leaders out in Rockaway, of and we we were ranked um, number two by the Satmar communities on one side and rank number one on the other side. And so our support from the Jewish press, the Jewish voice, of so many different Jewish organizations uh, is just really something that we are proud of. And uh, we believe uh, that we're going to continue uh, to uh, get the lion's share of a very strong Jewish vote, and we're excited about it. And the Jewish community, they know who I am. They know how long and committed I've been. I've served in Brooklyn as the ball president. I like to say uh, Brooklyn is the Tel Aviv of America. We have the largest Jewish population uh, than anywhere else outside of Israel, and I'm excited about the relationship I've established throughout the years. Absolutely, and you, and you mentioned the FJCC, the Flatbush Jewish Community Coalition. Morty Melman of the FJCC was on the air last night. I know that... Uh, they endorsed you, as you mentioned, some of the other groups that endorsed you in the last number of weeks. Were you disappointed that some groups in Borough Park that you counted on to endorse you didn't and ended up endorsing another candidate? Uh, no, no, I'm not. Uh, we received, you know, I was, I was surprised, not disappointed. Uh, when, you, when, you get, when you get the bulk of the Jewish community, the last thing you want to do is dwell on, you know, one or two who decide to rank you two instead of one. So uh, the overwhelming number of Jewish organizations, they have ranked me number one. I'm excited about that. They know my work. And you know, for those few who decided they wanted to rank me number uh, two, they are in the minority, and we, you know, we are pleased with that. The, the first and second ranking is extremely important in this race because of ranked choice voting. And so we were happy to get Carmen Yeager uh, came out today. Uh, uh, Sim- Simka Eichenstein came out today. Uh, so we are just racking up the voters, uh, racking up the endorsers, and we're just really uh, excited about it. Uh, and, but I just want to correct myself. I said Morty Melman, who's the publisher of a, of a paper in Brooklyn. I'm talking about Josh Melman of the Flappers Jewish Community Coalition. So uh, I stand corrected with that. Now, if you should become and mayor. Josh, Josh, Josh is a hard worker, and trust me when I tell you, 
you want Josh on your side. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. He when he wants to do something, he gets it done. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, he's a good person to have on your side. Is absolutely correct. I go back with Josh many, many years as well, and his brother Morty, and his other brothers too. Now you mentioned about neighborhoods, and you have close relationship. How often would you visit the various Jewish communities and Jewish neighborhoods should you become the next mayor of New York City? Well, uh, already I visit the neighborhoods all the time. And you know, you know what's interesting, Zev? I don't only visit out of my professional capacity. I visit because, you know, the men and women in, in the various neighborhoods, they're friends. Uh, when I am in Borough Park, but when I am when I am in Winsburg, when I I am in Flatbush, uh, I'm stopping over having dinner with people who I consider uh, to be friends. Uh, I've watched their children uh, grow up. I, I have witnessed their children uh, being born, and I've been a part of their families attending weddings. And I think that's the best relationship you could have—not a political relationship, but a friendship. And so I'm going to continue my active presence in the community, because when you are on the ground, you learn the issues and the problems, and you learn about the amazing nonprofits. You know, I'm so proud of the, of the contributions I've made to get ambulances for your security patrol, uh, buying a, a bulletproof vest when there was a shooting in the incident, uh, contributing to cameras uh, to deal with the crimes that may happen in your area. So. While I'm on the ground, I learn so much, and I'm able to address those issues, and I'm going to continue that same type of interaction as the mayor of the city. And I know I enjoy the meals. That you, I know Rabbi Balkany said you've had lunch or dinner with him at least eight, nine times over the last number of years. So I know it's not just talking. It's also sitting and eating and breaking bread together. Yes, so true. Now, one of the important issues in the Orthodox Jewish communities is the yeshiva system has come under extreme scrutiny, and they feel unfair attacks. What is your position on secular involvement in Jewish in yeshivas, and how would you deal with this issue? Uh, by giving support. And I, I think this is one of the most misunderstood issues, because overwhelmingly, the overwhelming number of yeshivas are doing an amazing job, giving excellent education. I walked through, and I was just extremely impressed by the depth of the education and the opportunities in the yeshivas. And we need to continue to do that. I am not going to interfere with the way of life of the Jewish community. When I look at uh, crime, when I look at uh, problems around education, when I look at problems around uh, support services, the community is doing it right. We need to focus on other areas, such as the Department of Education. Zav, do you know 65% of black and brown children do not meet proficiency in the Department of Education every year? Every year. Wow. And so I think that we need to really get our house in order, being a DOE. And so I say to you and I say to all those who are part of your community, of the way your way of life, it's something I'm not going to interfere with, your religion, your religion and your education. I'm going to actually uh, lean into what we're hearing all over the city, and that is culturally sensitive education. I'm hearing this in the black community. I'm hearing this in uh, the 
Asian community, I'm hearing this in all my communities, people want to start having culturally sensitive education. And when I walked through the yeshivas and I saw literature from Jewish scholars, uh, I saw uh, math problems uh, that the children could identify with. This is what I want to duplicate in the Department of Education. We need to start making education culturally relevant. And we have not done that. And the calls that you're getting from your community is no different than the calls I'm hearing from all over this city. So I'm sure you must also be hearing this because there is an unfair system in New York because if somebody were to send a child to public school, it probably costs about $30,000 to educate the child. If you're sending a child to yeshiva, to a Muslim school, a Christian school, religious school, parochial school, not only are you not getting the benefit of that $30,000 education, but you're also paying in some cases at 30000 or more. It's like double taxation. What can we do to relieve the tuition burden on lots of parents who can't really afford to pay tuition and not take and get an advantage. The public school system can't handle 50,000, 60,000 new kids coming in. Yeah, and there, and there, there's, there are very strict uh, you know, guidelines, and I think we need to look at what are the things we can pay for that we're allowed to pay for by state law uh, that can provide services. You know, from like transportation, food, security, uh, books, computers. Uh, so those are some of the things we need to look at. There are many things we can pay for that won't violate uh, the rules around uh, edu- uh, uh, religion and education. And I'm going to look at all of those options we have so that we can assist those parents that are in religious schools without in any way violating uh, the state constitution. Now, we're speaking with Eric Adams of Brooklyn Borough, president of Brooklyn, and he is running for mayor of New York City. Now, it used to be that all the candidates visited the three eyes, Israel, Ireland, and Italy. Obviously, with COVID, didn't happen this year, but you, I know you have a connection with Israel. I'd like you to clarify, I, I, was, I was very intrigued by a statement that you said, I visited Israel twice, I'm going back again, I'm going to try to find the plot of land so it can be my retirement place. I love the people of Israel, the food, the culture, the dance, everything about Israel. Are you going to be retiring one day to Israel? Uh, I would love, on my two trips to Israel, I really love uh, the energy, the people, the culture. Uh, It is definitely one of the locations that's on uh, my radar or where I can see myself retiring. Uh, I love that entire region, and I can definitely see myself as I decide where I'm going to just settle down. Who does not want to live in the Holy Land? That's terrific. Do you you know which part uh, of Israel you want to live in? I'm going to uh, look around and travel around. I I traveled in the two days, the, the two trips I had. I traveled around to many locations. I'm sure I'm going to find a beautiful place to uh, to reside. Now, because we're talking about Israel, what role and what? How do you see, Eric, the relationship between the city of New York and the state of Israel? Uh, we've always we always we've always had a great relationship with Israel. The city, as I stated, uh, Brooklyn has the largest Jewish population outside of Israel. And we're going to continue that and foster that. Uh, we're going to look at not only uh, business entities, but culture, as well as having our children do exchange programs. 
And then we're going to look at some of the amazing technology. Many people are not aware that tech, Israel is leading in some of the most groundbreaking technology uh, globally. Uh, we're going to really look at everything from cybersecurity. Uh, cybersecurity is not only what happens in your computer, but there's the issue around computers are now used and, and with brakes and other things on your cars. So we're, we're going to continue to invest and develop that relationship with Israel to make sure that we continue to expand on these different entities and grow. Certainly uh, important, and we have, to have, we have to have a stronger relationship, which I'm glad to see. You know, New Jersey has a special department dealing with Israel and investments. I think it's the only state in the union that has a special department. Maybe we can do the same thing in New York City. Yes, so true. And there's, there's great opportunities for uh, intergovernmental exchange that we're, that we're looking for and we're looking to accomplish. Is there any particular Jewish leader or rabbi who's inspired you over the years? Oh, there's, no, there's one rabbi that has really touched me, and that's the Grand Rebbe uh, from Crown Heights. His energy and spirit, and I know a lot of rabbis, and, you know, they are very inspiring. We have great relationships. But, you know, when I went to the grave site of the Grand Rebbe uh, last week, uh, and just his words of encouragement and how, he dedicated his life to bringing people together, and uh, he continues to inspire me today. Of uh, you know, out in Queens and Springfield, part of Queens, uh, the number of people, the thousands of people who were there, it just shows how he he has inspired a great deal of people. And he's one of the individuals that I draw a lot of a lot of energy from, and just his, his he don't feel his. A spiritual presence. And you're referring to the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Shurison of blessed memory. Finally, my last question. I asked you this before. So I want to see now that things are becoming more normal, you're going to more events. Is there any particular favorite, favorite Jewish food that you enjoy on the campaign trail? Just, you know, I, I need, I, I, I want and I need people to understand that I'm not a new friend. I'm an old friend. And it's time for your old friend to uh, move into City Hall so we can create a safe city, an affordable city, and a fair city. Uh, this is a great opportunity for all of us. And I'm looking forward to build this city so that our families can raise healthy children and families. I spent 22 years of my life protecting the children and families of the city, wearing a bulletproof vest as a police officer. Uh, it is something that I'm going to ensure we turn around this city, deal with homelessness, uh, deal with the crime that we're witnessing, and dealing with the issues that are holding us back as a city. It's time for us to be the New York that we know we can become, a place where we can thrive with businesses and grow and ensure that our city come back stronger and better than ever and i'm excited about this important time in our lives can we have a glad kosher kitchen in gracie mansion if you got to be mayor uh done deal you, that's my promise <laughs> all right fine and i started asking what is your favorite kosher food or jewish food that uh that you, i know i've asked you before i want to know if, if what it still holds true we have a different one you know the, the goal is you, you know you know i'm i'm a, I'm a vegan 
Uh, but there's a there's a bunch of uh, good food that I like uh, in in the community. You know, I go. I actually have learned uh, to cook many of the foods my 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 myself. I like the potato kugel. Uh, potato kugel, right? Potato kugel is very good. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, potato kugel, that's right. That's, it depends on which neighbor will have a different kiggle in some parts, but kugel is the most traditional way of saying it. So <laughs> it'll serve you well. So Eric Adams, Borough President of Brooklyn, thank you for joining us. Look forward to having you back again. All right, my brother. Thank you. Appreciate you. And thank you. That's Eric Adams running for mayor here in New York City. Talkline Radio and TV with Zeb Brenner is just phenomenal. Everybody concerned about the Jewish community should listen and watch. He has the best guests. He asks the most interesting questions. He's always so well prepared. It's talk radio and television from a Jewish point of view at its very best. To advertise on the Talkline Network and Talkline's email and social media blasts reaching over 70,000 people, please call 212-769-1925, extension 100. That's 212-769-1925, extension 100. Or email info at talklinenetwork.com. Thanks for listening. For continuous Jewish programs, talklinenetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or jewishpodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the talklinenetwork.com.